Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you this you week? Know, I'm tired. <laughs> For those of you not in my real life, this is the most exhausting part of my year um, at both jobs. So I'm just tired, but I'm well otherwise. I am... Um, we, one of our writers is Alec Wilder, and so he, we did a um, celebrating the life and music of Alec Wilder at um, one of the churches over here last night. And it was, it was really lovely, and um, a lot of his old friends, like, were there, and it was stuff that, like, Judy, who, who I used to work with in the past away, used to work on. So it was very nice, um, and because it is sci-fi month, I am really trying to deep dive into my aliens and conspiracies and i love it i love all it. the above so i've been i've been trying to watch x files and i keep falling asleep but i love it it's just late and i'm tired That's but true. um so i've only made it through like four episodes but i love x files and i'm trying to find a good x files rewatch podcast because mm. i was like i think it'd be fun to like listen to since it's the first time i'm watching it all the way through yeah that would be great um, and um I am. If you see me next time and I show up with a tinfoil hat, just ignore me. I'll be back to normal one day. We'll see. One day. Mm -hmm. um, full disclosure for everyone. Um, you already know this if you listen to the podcast, but Courtney is going on a very exciting vacation. <laughs> and because of that, we are doing a marathon recording. So we're recording. To, we recorded last Monday like normal. We're recording next monday like normal but we're also recording today on saturday so um i don't know how much i'm gonna have to say about my life on monday <laughs> so i'm trying to like figure out what i should save but then also it's the weekend so exciting things will happen because it's the weekend so i don't know i don't know i'm also exhausted because this is every single person who's asked me how i am in the last three days my response has been Halloween being on a Monday should be illegal. Like, end of statement. Um, there is no reason to have that much weird sugar energy in children for that many days in a row. See, when they would have it, like, on a Monday or something, when I was little, I don't know if they did the same thing in New York, but they would just move it to Saturday. No, they don't do that. Halloween is Halloween. See, so they, we were like, they were like, nope, Saturday is when everything happens. Go knock on doors on Saturday. So we had a primetime late night football game Sunday mm -hmm. night, mm -hmm. which meant everybody was exhausted Monday morning. But then school is just a half day full of sugar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you go trick-or-treating. So then Tuesday's a freaking wash because everybody's ridiculously tired from the last two nights of not doing anything useful. Then Wednesday, um, we had mass because it's All Souls Day. And we always have mass on Wednesdays, but for some reason, literally, I was not the only one. I talked to like two other teachers and not a single one of us finished any of our lessons on Wednesday. Like it was just the weirdest day, like because we have shorter classes, mm -hmm. everything was off, like everything was just off. And then, but then Thursday, we all felt like we didn't have enough lessons. Like it was just the whole week was weird. It was just a it mess. Was, it was just a mess. And But I'm also at the point where all of my classes either just finished and are about to do are about to turn in their projects or are finishing and about to be assigned the project for their first book for the year and it has never worked out in my life where they've all been done at the same time 
but somehow it worked out that they that they're all done at the same time. So I'm in a weird place because I'm not teaching anything because we're reviewing and getting ready for the final projects in all of my classes at once. Nice. Which is great for lesson planning, but weird for the energy of my day. <laughs> so what are the books? Do you know what your next books are already? I do. I do. So fifth grade just finished um, Where the Red Fern Grows. And the next book we're reading is The Westing Game. I haven't read that one. It's um a mystery. I was going to say, isn't it based off of like a true, is that the one that's based off a true story that's a mystery? I don't think so. It's like a weird puzzle. I don't think it's based off anything real. Um, And then sixth grade just finished Esperanza Rising, which is an amazing book. Um, It's my favorite book to teach. Um, And the next book they are doing is, and then there were none, but Agatha Christie. I still haven't read that book. (laughs) Which is wild because it's like right up my alley. I think I bought it. I bought it. Well, and the other thing is the Western game, and then, and then there were none. Last year when I taught them, I didn't have copies of the books. So mm-hmm. I was, like, giving the kids a chapter at a time because, like, as a PDF, like, illegally. Because the, the school ordered the books, but they never got there. So, and then up at the beginning of this week, I was trying to plan for, like, next week and the week after before Halloween or before Thanksgiving. And I was like, I don't know what to do because, like, I still don't have my books. I walked in the office yesterday, and there was a box of my books there. And I was like, Nate, these are my books. He goes, they still have to be labeled. I go, I don't care. Look at how beautiful they are. Because <laughs> it was the Wesson game, and then there were none, and the bad beginning, which were the three that I never got last year. And I was like, my books are here. Um, seventh grade just finished White Fang. Oh. And the next thing we're doing is our Edgar Allan Poe short story unit. Ooh. And then eighth grade is a like over this weekend, they finished reading Romeo and Juliet. And then we do the Diary of Anne Frank next. Oh, nice. Nice. So, you know, that'll be devastating, but good. Um, well, the fifth grade specifically asked me because they were at the boy who harnessed the wind over the summer and there was a dog that died in that one. And then in the where the red fern grows, the whole book is about the dogs dying. Um, and so they were like, is that the, the girl, next the book? girl dies, right? That's Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, that is. <laughs> I mix with those tales all the time. But yeah, I've read them. I love that I didn't even question which book you were talking about. <laughs> but they were like, um, is the next one going to be sad? I was like, I don't read happy books, but no, this I one is not as sad. I'm so sorry. The world just ended outside and I couldn't hear anything you said. I don't know what's happening. I thought it was going to stop and it didn't ever oh, stop. So uh, no. Sad. And I told him that I don't believe in happy books, but um, that at least this one's less sad. What's their next one? The West End game. Okay. Okay. It's, yeah. It's a mystery and it's not, so it's, it, it's actually probably the least sad book that I teach <sighs> because it's a mystery, but no one actually dies. Excellent. Maybe I'll Spoiler. read it. Spoilers. Yeah, that's fine. I can go in not knowing people didn't die yet on that one. I feel like, I feel like young adult mysteries, like you can't really kill people, especially like important people or it's, it's too much. Well, no, but I mean, the book is the mystery is of this guy's will. So the fact that no one's actually dead is a huge spoiler. Well, you're a terrible person. <laughs> it's like a fifth grade book, Courtney. Look, I don't care. I don't know what the education system in Louisiana is like, but I read it in fifth grade and now Wait, I teach it to I, my fifth graders. 
I don't even remember fifth grade. Dude, I don't know what I read. I know what I didn't. I know what I didn't read. But I don't know. And if you told me titles, I could tell you if I read them. That's fair. We read sad books too, though. We read yeah. Sad books. I, I mean, I just feel like the that thing is. when I read Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah. I feel like um, most books that you read in school are sad. Um, not because your teachers hate you, but because um, it's it's easier to feel sad than it is to relate to other people's joy. Like, because you can like be happy for people, but you don't have the same like guttural feeling as when you're sad for other people. At least that's my opinion on why all books are sad or all good, bo- all good to, books are sad. Maybe it's trying to like build empathy in kids at a young age. Exactly. That, that makes sense. I mean, that's what my whole seventh and my whole sixth grade curriculum. That's all it is. So Esperanza Rising is about um, the um, is about Mexican immigrant workers in the 1930s on in for, farms in California. Um, and then, well, and then there were none is just a good book. And then we read what happens in that one. Cause I'm going to read that one. No, I won't tell you, but it's, um, it's a Agatha Christie. It's a murder I mystery. Know. Um, but that, so that one's not really empathy. That's critical thinking skills. Um, but then the acorn people is a nonfiction book about a camp for kids with disabilities. Um, and then we read, um, shooting Kabul, which is a book about, um, an immigrant family, um, from Afghanistan during nine 11. And then we read my side of the mountain. Um, it is about a kid who runs away and lives by himself on the mountain. So, like, basically, I'm just, like, stop being a jerk. That's my, my, if you had to title my class, like, you know how in, in college English classes have, like, titles? My class title for sixth grade would be stop being a jerk. Well, that is all good and well. <clears throat> that is sad. And I'm sorry we're starting this podcast in a sad. No, it's not like, really sad. We're teaching children sad. to be better people. Which is great, but it makes it's- me sad. And I'm all, I'm already all right. I don't think I need to read any sad books. Do you know what else we could do to become better people, though? You know, I do know. Okay, I can give Fish. you a little uh, spiritual affirmation. Fantastic. I upon another card that I didn't realize I hadn't read before. Oh my gosh! So we're going back today. Be a badass love beam today. I love that. Don't you? It was meant to be. It just like appeared out of nowhere. I think it was on my coffee cart and I just saw it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never read that before. So it was meant to be. Don't you just love when like things appear as you need them? I do. I do. Makes my life easier. Which actually um, things appearing as you need them is why I'm so excited to talk about this episode of um, Stargate okay. today. Because as you should be aware, most of people who listen to our podcast are not complete imbeciles. Um, I'd like to believe that. November is Native American Heritage Month. And um, on m- Tuesday at my school, we had um, some uh, people come in and teach the kids like traditional tribal dances and like talk about Native American mm-hmm. culture and like why it's important and like what um what like and all this stuff and it's funny because um the people who came in the Native Americans who came in were um my, two of my students aunt and uncle and Aww. like he looked and he looked out the window he goes why is my mom here 
Aunt, he goes, and Aunt Susie's here. And Uncle Jordan's here. Is this whole Native American thing about my family? I was like, <laughs> I was like, Nikki, um, there are four Native American students in our school, and it is you and three of your cousins. So, yes, that is that is what happened. Bless her heart. <laughs> also, sorry for pushing our sci-fi agenda in her heritage month. No, it's fine. It's also sci-fi month. You can celebrate multiple things at once. It is. I just, I have been hardcore on the sci-fi month. You I have. also would like to acknowledge that I am here for Native American month as well. <laughs> um, but so this episode of um, Stargate is a perfect blend of sci-fi and Native American heritage. And I was like, and this is not the first Stargate episode that will publish in November, but it's the first Stargate episode we're recording in November. And I was yes. like, the timing, the timing. And it wasn't. I didn't find it offensive. I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was at all. In fact, I actually took a bunch of notes after I finished watching the episode to make sure that it wasn't. Great. Yes. I didn't do research, but while I was watching, I was like, man, I'm so used to Native American episodes being offensive that mm-hmm. this was like a breath of fresh air because it really it was. Um, yeah, it was. Um, well, and I'll talk about that. So, okay. Today's episode of Stargate. Stargate SG1, Season 2, Episode 13, Spirits. It was rated 7.2 stars, and it came out on October 23rd, 1998. Right, so I thought it was about Halloween ghosts. Mm, which would have been interesting, but it was not. It would have been right for the time, October 23rd. It would have. All spirits, very much not what this episode's about. Correct. Um, the number one song, okay, this is... Oh, gosh. Weird. No, it's weird because so last week, the number one song was um, The First Time by Monica. Mm-hmm. And then next week, that will be the number one song again. But this week, for one week, the number one song was One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Look, they just, they have good timing. <laughs> they know what it's about. It's like, Hey, the fact that it, it the fact that it was literally only for one week and then it fell back down, I was like, you know what? Iconic, meant to iconic, be. meant. I to love be. that. I bet they planned that somehow. Somehow, They're like, excuse me, Monica, can we just have this one week one of October, week. and then we'll give it back to you? I promise. I promise. Um, the number one movie was Practical Magic. Ooh, of course it was. Um. And the number one book was Bag of Bones by Stephen King. So, like, very spooky. Very spooky week. Um, Things that happened this week, um, less spooky on this one. Um, It was the day that Britney Spears released Baby One More Time. Um, and then this one is spooky, but not in a cute Halloween spooky. It's kind of just like spooky because history sucks. And the fact that uh-huh. we're still living, um, like every, a surprise. every day for what, 24 years later, this is still a problem. Um, mm-hmm. oh, oh, apologize. Um, prime minister Netanyahu and chairman Arafat signed a peace treaty between Israel and Palestine on this day. In 1998, and welcome to 20, welcome to 2022, where there is still nothing but war in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. particularly between Palestine and Israel. Right, right. 
That's that's nice of them. They tried, I guess. I guess. Um, and that is all I will say on that matter because Great. I, yeah. Um, the episode was directed by Martin Wood. Welcome okay. back, my friend. Uh, my friend. I don't know that man. <laughs> is our best friend. Yeah. Um, it was written by Tor Alexandra Valenza. New. New writer um, who has only three writing credits ever. Ever? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, the show The Dead Zone, uh, Dharma and Greg. Oh, my gosh. And six episodes of Stargate. Oh, my my favorite. Right. My favorite. I, I love Dharma and Greg. I haven't seen The Dead Zone, but, it's, but I'm like 95% sure I would love it. Yeah. I love Dharma and Greg. Right. Um, he has a twin sister. Love twins. That's a thing I have now, apparently. Um, and she is a voice actor um, who's worked in like Star Wars cartoons, Marvel tar- cartoons, and like a ton of video games. So like you for sure heard her voice, right. um, but nothing that she was ever in with where her face was in it was anything that I have ever heard of or seen. Um, so I still don't actually know what they look like, but they're twins. Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> our guest star. Our guest star is Rodney Arnold Grant, um, who played Tanane. Um, he is best known for Dances with Wolves, Ghosts of Mars, and Wild Wild West. <clears throat> he is a Native American actor from the Omaha tribe who grew up um, on the Omaha Reservation in Nebraska. Um Dances with Wolves was one of his first big roles, and he almost got cut from the movie because the Lakota language is so different from the Omaha language that he almost couldn't learn it well enough to, like, be in the movie. I think that must be what I saw him in, because I was like, he looks really familiar, but I haven't seen the other two things, so. Mm. Um, my favorite favorite fact that I learned um, is... Something that just like gives me faith that maybe one day the world will not be as superficial as it was. Because when you look at Rodney Grant, um, he's a very handsome man, but he doesn't look like what like a, like a Hollywood thirst trapped kind of human. Right. right. But in 1991, he was one of people's 50 most beautiful people. Well, I mean, he is a beautiful person. Yeah, and I was like, why? Why doesn't People Magazine post things like make things like that? Like, why aren't the fifty most beautiful people like genuinely beautiful humans, right? And not and not made up people, like and not people who are made out of plastic, right? Right. So I love that. Um, also, he hasn't done any acting in um, over ten years because he decided to quit Hollywood to um, focus on his family and um, community and community service in under um, funded Native American communities. That's nice of him. I love him. Right. I'm obsessed with him. Um, but also speaking of knowing you recognize someone, um, there was one scene later. I didn't talk about all of the Native American actors in this episode, but um, all of the Native American characters in this episode were actually played by Native American actors, which is I, 10 out of 10 because Kolshak did that. Not. Um, 
Um, but so in this in in the scene where they're talking to all the tribal elders, like, um, and they talk to the the chief of the tribe, I literally paused it and I go, I know that man. That man was in smoke signals. So then I pull him up, and he was in fact in smoke signals. I haven't seen that. Smoke signals is mine and Brianna's favorite movie. Really? Um, it is based off of the short story by um, Alexi Sherman called This Is What It Means to Save Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I teach that short story to my eighth graders because I absolutely love, love that story. Um, and I love him. And um, Sherman Alexi is an amazing Native American author who was actually ostracized a lot by Native American communities um, and was, uh, especially when he was young, called an apple because he was red on the outside and white on the inside. He was like very, because he chose to leave the reservation to go to public school um, off of the reservation to get a better education. And um, he writes a lot about both the prejudice of white Americans to Native Americans, but also the prejudice within reservations about assimilation and what being Native means in a modern society and, like, the whole idea of um, how to balance being true to your roots without, like, not living in today's society and, like, the racism that exists and the alcoholism that exists and um, just within the Native American communities. I feel like I've heard of him probably i don't know that short story though but i feel like i've heard of him um the novel that i use to teach of his is on the absolutely true diary of a part-time indian i think i've heard of that one i've not read Mm -hmm. it yeah so love 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 um and so yeah so i but i get it because i literally go i know that man but um of course i have seen smoke signals so many times um i have i own three movies on google like where you can buy them to play them on youtube i like have paid for three movies ever mm-hmm. one is to kill a mockingbird good one Be- one is oh god it's another one that i use to teach um what books do i teach these children i don't know <laughs> what is my job what is my job no um I don't remember. It's definitely one that I've I've taught. And I mean to be fair, I guess they're all ones that I've taught because the third one <laughs> is in fact um no, you know what? No. I'm looking at my YouTube account right now. No. Where how do I look at the movies that I own on Google? I don't know. I don't own any movies on Google. I am so sorry. Oh, it, it would help if I had play movies downloaded on my phone. I don't. Mm. Um, but no, I know there's a way. Oh, my movies and shows. Oh, The Outsiders. Duh. The three oh. movies that I, the three movies that I've paid for. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Outsiders, and Smoke Signals. Nice. Smoke Signals also came out in 1998. Oh, so this is like prime time for him. Yeah. Um. So that is this. Um. Should I talk about my information about the Native Americans now or after? I can do it now. Okay. So the Native American tribe that is featured in this episode is the Salish people. Um, and the Salish people 
I think one of the reasons why they were actually done so well in this episode is because their um, native, like, indigenous lands that they lived on before um, mixed communities was the northern Washington, Vancouver, British Columbia area. So there were probably experts in that area that were able to... um, help and also any of the native american art that they used they would have been able to have actual legitimate art in that area of vancouver that they used to film without it being like um presentational right i'm talking so much you are but it's it's fascinating it's it's meant to be for you to talk so much I think I think it's good to start out and do this before the episode because then mm-hmm. when we're going through the yeah so it'll be it'll make more sense to people and you know yeah I'm just sick so I'm choking as I'm talking so much I um wish I could be more helpful I do not know enough about this particular tribe to give any information aside from the fact that I have heard heard of them that um is my knowledge about them. Um, it's one of those things where, like, um, the n- actual tribe names, there's a lot of different ones, and then Salish is just kind of a, an umbrella term. I mean, <laughs> um, so sorry, guys. Um, they, um, but the Salish languages. Um, are the languages that those tribes speech speak. So that's where the um, name comes from. Um, They are, um, unfortunately, because of where they are in the Pacific Northwest and the Canadian um, and lower Canada, they are one of the tribes that um, was forced into schools um, in Canada um what are um what are the names of those schools i hate residential schools in canada where um so the salish language is not very widely spoken anymore because it was cut out right were these the schools i'm sorry were these the schools that we just recently learned about that all the native americans were like buried under Yes. Um, yeah, the residential schools. And one of the things that I will say, and we talked about this when we talked about the last Native American episode, is that the um, focus on what happened in Canada obviously is awful, but and it doesn't say that it doesn't mean that what happened in America was better or worse right. or but but we the Salish about it more recently. Yes. The Salish people um based on location in in Western Canada, were one of the tribes that was the most heavily affected by loss of language and culture due to residential schools. Um, um, the cloak that Tanane wears in the episode is um, one of the um, is a weaving cloak that is probably the the type of art from the Salish tribe that is the most um, common and seen everywhere. Um, um, and those totem poles that they use, um, each one will have like, um, like Daniel was saying that they tell stories. Um, mm-hmm. 
each like family will have a totem pole that the top of it is whatever animal is like their family crest, their like symbol. And that's where the different spirits come from and how they have all those, those birds. Um, and like Zales was the raven that protected that, that section of the tribe. And like I said, there, um, the Salish peoples, there's actually more than like 50 different tribes that make up the Salish peoples. Um, because it it's a language group um and and unfortunately because of the loss of a lot of those languages there's a lot of those tribes that there aren't a ton of um peoples left that are connected to their ancestry but there are um like i said a ton um one of the bands of uh indians within the salish peoples are the musqueams um and the only reason I bring that up because I'm not obviously going to talk about all 50 different bands, but um, they're one of the contemporary artists that is celebrated in the Salish peoples is a Musqueam artist um, named Susan Point. And she actually has created all of the welcome art in the Vancouver airport. Oh, well, that's lovely. Yeah. Have you been so, there? I have not, but I, when I was, researching she was the one that i saw came up and and like the weaving is a huge there's another um contemporary artist who is in the museum of anthropology for her weaving for the salish weaving mm-hmm. um and those so their carving and their weaving are like their big art that continues into today and so that's why like those those buildings that they had in the episode and the totem poles and all the the uh carpet poncho things that they're where all the characters are wearing are all actual traditional Salish art. And so I loved because I did, I really loved that this episode was like respectful and accurate about, which of course they have been so far in all of the other cultures Mm -hmm. that they've talked about. And like anthropology is a huge part of Stargate and why it's so fascinating but because we have seen so often Native American cultures get horribly misrepresented mm-hmm. in film, it is... I mean, beautiful. even recently, I went and saw The Minutes, which was... um. Oh, my God. I can't remember the writer. Very famous writer um, on Broadway. And oh, yeah, they yeah. had a really bad representation of indians and i think it was meant to be satire but the way it came off was not well done i mean the whole play was not well done but i'm like we're in 2022 and if they can make this respectful and they can make it to where like they're actually like admiring the tribes and learning about them it's not Mm -hmm. just badly representing them yeah 24 years later we should be able to and um Mm -hmm. we didn't didn't happen so i was i was very pleased to see this because even now it's it's pretty common. it is well and i i mean i because i live in an area that um i mean not that there's no area in america that didn't really have native people in it but i live in an area where the natives are very um like i live five minutes away from a reservation there are a lot of native american people near me um and it's the haudenosaunee which is a native word for the people of the longhouse, which is the six different tribes that are in this area. Um, and so like 
but like within the Haudenosaunee, there's six different tribes. So like different headdresses mean you're from a different tribe and there's all kinds of things. And like, um, one of the things that I found really like minor and not even addressed in the episode, but like so accurate is that never once does Tanane question that Sam is in charge. Right. That's, that's not even a question. He doesn't talk to anybody else but her because Native American tribes are matrilineal. Yep. And so, like, it wasn't the, the woman is, and tribe elders are usually men, but those men will go to their wives or mothers for advice. Like, right. and so, so her being the one to introduce all of the people and say that she was in charge, there was not a question that that's who they should be talking to. The elders don't talk to Daniel. They talk to Sam. And like, that's so small and not even talked about in the episode, but so well done. And it's like little things that I was like, they don't even, they don't even realize how, I don't think they did it on purpose either. Like, I don't think it was a, like, let's make sure that we follow. They were just being true to those people. And that's why I loved it so much. I, I did notice that. And I thought that that was one of the first things I noticed that I thought was, I was like, this is really well done. I was like, this mm-hmm. is not, I like that it, that there was no, and, and even aside from like, it just being a native American culture, like the fact that they were like a woman's in charge and didn't make a big deal out of it either. I, mm-hmm. I just, I loved across the board how they portrayed that scene. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. No, it was, um, the story was not like, I mean, I will talk about it, but the story itself was, good it wasn't phenomenal it was fine um i mean the episode was only rated 7.2 stars um and i don't think that that's an unfair rating the reason i loved it so much was purely because i was like to have such a respectful and accurate portrayal of native americans 25 years ago when today in 2022 we are still struggling to have different tribes represented well yeah. And because there's this kind of like Native American culture, like umbrella, and that's not true. Like there are, I mean, there are things that are true to all Native American cultures, but right. like the Adobe people of Arizona have almost as little in common with the Haudenosaunee people of upstate New York as I do. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, so, it's the same thing we're talking about in music. They do the same thing with, especially, like, right now, it's, like, a, a hot button topic in music. Um, they do the same thing with Latin music. They're just like, here's your Latin music. And it's like, well, where did it come from? And they're like, it's Latin. And it's like, these are very different things. Like, I'm looking at Latin music artists, and I'm like, this person's from Brazil. This person's from the U.S. I'm like, these are very different styles and very well, different people. And, and, and I... And I've always gotten angry about that when it comes to cultures of Southeast Asia, because Mm -hmm. like, they're just like, it's Southeast Asian. And I'm like, okay, but the people, like there are similarities, sure. But Thai culture and Filipino culture are very different, vastly different. And, and so I think it's just seeing someone accurately be like, these are a peoples and this is what they do was refreshing. Right. Yeah. I, um, I won't pretend to know everything about it because I very oh, much don't, but no. I, I am very glad that, and I'm glad that the conversations are being ha- had also about the Asian cultures and the Latin cultures expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I mean, if we could 
do it then. Why is it 24 years later? And we're still doing it. Right. And no, and, and I think that. Lenman? Lenman? Wrote the minutes? Tracy? Oh, yeah, it was Tracy Lutz. Tracy Lutz? Tracy Lutman? No, you're. That sounds right. I'm trying to. I know. I'm. It's really bothering me that I can't. It's remember. bothering me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember when it was on Broadway. Tracy Letts. Yes. yes. Tracy Letts. Yeah. And like they've written a lot of other stuff that I haven't seen, so I don't know how it is. But this right. is the first thing I'd seen. It was such a big game, and that show felt so hard. And I, aside from it not being well written, directed, <laughs> the like the misuse of cultures wasn't great either. So. Right. No. And it's, it's one of those things where like the best thing you can do is to admit what you don't, that you don't know. Right. Like, like I, I have more of an understanding in the minute differences between Thai culture and Cambodian culture, because I lived there and I've been there than you would. I don't pretend to know what the subtle differences between Venezuelan music and Brazilian music is. I, I wouldn't know. I don't pretend to know. I accept that there is a difference. I know a lot about the Native American tribes that I have constant contact with. Right. And I know that there are differences, but I I had, like I said, I did research to make sure that this was correct. Literally, I finished watching the episode and the next thing I did was Google the Salish peoples because I wanted to make sure I thought it seemed respectful watching it. I didn't feel like it was... Mm-hmm. Um, presentational or appropriated at all but i don't know so i then went and looked it up and made sure that what i had seen matched what i was reading about what the people felt because i i don't know right and i i think too many times the idea of like what we do is we don't want to seem rude so we just say things and like ignorance is less rude i think than well, ignorance in the sense of genuinely not knowing is not as bad as ignorance in the sense of saying things that you don't know. Right, right. And if you say it and you know you're ignorant and you know like you haven't, like I know a lot of times I'll be like, it's this straight up. And then I'm like, I have no idea. I haven't done research, but this is what I feel it is. <laughs> like, you know, but right, like, but we, I don't but, avoid the research. It's in the moment. Like if I had the time, I would do the research. You know, right. like, it's not that I don't want to know. But it's also like we we have a podcast where we like talk shit because that's Absolutely. what we do. Yeah. And and so sometimes we might say things that are completely unfounded and ridiculous. But like we also preface that we're saying things that we know are unfounded and ridiculous. Yes. I would never go into a conversation with like someone of one of the tribes of the Salish peoples and pretend that I knew jack shit about their culture. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and I think that that is you see too many people speaking for other cultures. Yep. That is that is the number one criticism I have with quote unquote woke culture. I have no problem with being aware and learning. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I love lifelong learners. I love the idea that we're never going to know everything and that we always have to be open to conversation. But Absolutely. I I will never speak for a people that I haven't been gifted permission to speak for. Right. Yes, I very much agree with that. I, I know we see a lot of things on opposite sides of the coin, but that one I 100% agree with you. About. Yeah, we. No, and I mean, I mean, I I I have very strong opinions, but I also, as an educator, will never walk into a conversation pretending that there's not something I can learn from it, even if it doesn't go with what I believe. Right, right. You're always open to learn. I think that's how everyone should be. Everyone should just be open to learning about new things all the time. I am. Yes. I love fun facts. I love learning things. I love fun facts. They're my favorite. Like, 
the most fun fact ever for me is the fact that um, Macbeth was actually written about um, the Guy Fox plot. The what? The Guy Fox plot. Oh, yes. All of that sounded like one word. And oh, <laughs> um, but today in recording is the 5th of November, and I am going to a Guy Fox bonfire party tonight. And I am very excited to um, drink alcohol and tell everyone everything about Macbeth. I can't wait. I wish I was there. Um, on Monday, I will tell you all about it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, but now to tell you all about why we're actually here today. Yes. Um, which, to be fair, this is going to be a long episode, but it's fine because, like, it's beautiful, learning, happy Native American mm-hmm. Heritage Month. Um, and we want to give props where it's due. Like, we're here to, you know, take apart these episodes and learn about them. But also, like, when they really know something, we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we talk about that, too. Like, Yeah. 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 So... Um, SG1 is at, starts off at SGC with Hammond, and they're learning about trinium, which is this fancy metal that was discovered um, on another... Um, I was too busy researching the Salish people to look that up <laughs> at all, but my guess is no. Okay. Because if it was, and they knew enough about it in the 90s to make this episode, everything we have would be made out of it by now. Fair. um it was um discovered on this planet and it is um supposed to be both lighter and stronger than steel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but they were mining it and it was um in ore form it is too brittle and so they were trying to figure out what it was like what made it able to be used it makes me think of um what is it that captain america's shield is made out of Oh, um, vibranium. Yeah, it makes me think of vibranium. Perfect. I mean, honestly, it's pretty similar, like, in terms of how it is used in this show. Right. Um, so um, SG-11, SG-11 is off on a mining mission to get this, um, and they are now 48 hours overdue for check-in. Um, so SG-1 is going to go find out why. Have I asked you how many SG teams there are, or do we know? Um, we don't know. I don't know. There's at least eleven. Eleven okay. is the big. Eleven <laughs> is the big. Eleven is the biggest number we've heard so far. Like so right. far in the show, it's always been like one, three, or five, right, or two. The only reason I know that for a while I was like maybe there's just only odd numbers because we talk about one, three, and five all the time. <laughs> um, but there is an SG two for sure, so there are even numbers. Um, so there's at least 11 teams. Wasn't Kowalski meant to lead SG2? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's at least 11 teams. The thing that's confusing to me is SG1 is four people. SG11 (laughs) was like 16. Right. Yes. So I'm not really sure what the different teams consist of. I don't like, is it like four, five, six, seven, eight? And we just keep getting bigger as the number gets bigger. Like, I don't. <laughs> That's a lot. Is Maybe S- it's like SG-11 is meant to go do like the work to bring stuff back. Whereas Maybe, SG-1 like, is meant to go like build relations. Right. And like SG, it's Colonel Makepeace is three, right? Or is he five? Five, three. He's three. So, he's three. So SG-3 is clearly much more military. Right. So it's probably like SG-1 is diplomatic. Mm-hmm. fact-finding 
anthropology, like brain work. So they only have the four of them. And obviously they do military stuff too, because it's the military, but mm-hmm. like um, Teal'c and Daniel are kind of the more important pieces of that. Yes. Where, whereas like SG-5 is all military. SG-11 is clearly like operational. And SG-2 are the teddy bears. Kowalski. <laughs> um, so um, they go to, they're talking about what to do to rescue SG-11 and um, Hammond says that the UAV found no, uh, no indigenous people on the planet. And Jack brings up a fact that you and I have mentioned quite a few times. And that is that planets are big. (laughs) When he, when he said, but it's kind of a big planet. I go, thank God. We finally addressed the fact that all life does not have to be in a circle around the gate. (laughs) Because the number of times that you and I have been like, but what if like you landed in the middle of the Gobi desert? Would you assume that there were people on earth? Right. (laughs) so um hammond's like you're not wrong right but there's no immediate threat okay then as they're addressing this the gate opens and sg11's tag comes through only it's not sg11 an arrow just shoots through the gate into the window and right through jack's arm and it's just like we talked about last week. He's always the one getting injured and put out. Like, always. Always. Literally, I was like, oh, here's another episode where Jack's not even in the opposite. Right. <laughs> I, thought that, I laughed when I saw that because I was like, it makes me so mad. <laughs> um, and um, I just love that, like, everyone was like, Hammond's like, is everyone okay? And Jack's just like, uh, no not really nope nope not okay and then of course that's where the credits go because jack is shot because why wouldn't they be right right there even though i did not feel any concern of life no i didn't feel any concern of life i just felt annoyed i know (laughs) know. (laughs) well well no when the arrow first came through the window i felt concern of life because i knew it hit him but then he rolled over and it was just in his arm and i was like oh okay I saw it hit his arm when it came all the way through. Mm, so, yeah, I thought I, I thought it hit, like, right in mm, more It looked like it, like, grazed him almost. And, mm, like, so. Yeah. So, then the rest of the team is go- still going to go on the mission, but Jack can't because he is in recovery from removing an arrow from his arm. And Sam's going to lead the mission, which is great for Sam. We love to see a woman in control. Also, we love to see Jack making jokes about the fact that aliens like to poke holes in him. Yes. I would like to ask a question that you may or may not get answer due to okay. we are in the second season. Okay. <laughs> Is this setting us up to make Sam more of the leader of the four? I cannot answer that question. You are correct. Okay. Well, that is a theory of mine based on how it is being shot. I would like to state that now. Um, They um, discover that the arrow that shot him was pure terrinium, um, but it was of Native North American design. Is it it terrinium? I thought it was trivium. No, there's definitely not a V in that word. There's definitely not. That's not a V in my... Okay. Okay. I can't yeah. I was like, I didn't know. I I didn't know if I was saying it wrong. If it was trinium or terinium, but there's definitely not a V. Oh, I it. think it's trinium then. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's tri. 
Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't remember because I was reading the subtitles, but also I watched part of this while I was at work at school and part of it while I was at work at Shays. So like yeah. dialogue might have slipped a little bit right. flat. I got it. But dialogue, mm, yeah. when you're relying on subtitles, not always correct. Um, so then, of course, because why wouldn't the U.S. government say some dumb shit? Um, the Pentagon just doesn't want to lose the trinium, so the team is going to find SG-3, but also, really, they're going to negotiate a treaty with the indigenous you mean people. SG-11? What? Did I say three? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's it's not only three. <laughs> this time it's 11. So they're going to find SG-11, um, but they're really truthfully going to negotiate a treaty with the indigenous people. Um, and Jack makes, I think Jack's dialogue makes me feel like Richard Dean Anderson had a personal like v- vendetta about the U.S. government's uh, treatment of indigenous peoples because the things that he says in this episode are like cutting he was like, you mean the U.S. government started on the wrong foot and now they have to backtrack and figure their shit out so that we don't lose a resource because we fucked people over? Couldn't be. I feel like Richard Dean Anderson has a lot of vendettas. He, the U.S. government. He, yeah, Richard Dean Anderson's feelings about the U.S. government it are so, so clear. In right. Stargate, they did um, not hide it. Nope. And um, I don't disagree with him 90% of the time. Right. So yeah. there's that. Um, then, um, so they go to this planet, which I don't, I, the one thing I dislike about Stargate is that they don't have names for most of the planets. Like they, they're like P3X574. Right. Um, I don't remember that shit and I forget to write it down every time. So I have no idea what planets they're going to. Um, I'll be like the planet with those people because they always have names for the people. Right? Why the can't they just name light. the planet? And the like, and they sometimes they do like Abydos has a name and Chulak has a name. Um, and the one that Thor lives on that has a name that I always forget. Um, <laughs> but like some of them have names. And granted, they name the planets that they, they go to multiple times or right. that they have a relationship with the people. I get it. They're not going to name every freaking planet they, like, go and look at a rock on. But, like, for my sake, name it. It makes me think of, um, is it PX90? Is that the workout stuff? Yes. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's what I think of every time they name a planet. And I'm like, we're, it's the exercise planet now. <laughs> that's all it is. Beautiful. I I love it. <laughs> um. So, Teal goes to the blast site to see what happens while Sam and Daniel go to the camp and they find it deserted, but, like, deserted in a weird way where everything just kind of, like, stopped and, mm-hmm. like, the coffee pot was never turned on and, like, boiled itself, d- turned off and, like, boiled itself dry. The computer is, like, quite literally in the middle of typing a sentence, like, and so the signs of life from camp and, like, Teal is talking about footsteps and everything. And it doesn't seem like anyone ran away. It seems like they quite literally disappeared into thin air. Yep, sure does. Um, so they hear a noise, but there's nothing outside except for, like, a wolf. And at first they don't even see the wolf. And so they're like, what is happening? So they're searching for everything and they find a totem pole. Um, and the totem pole... Uh, Daniel explains that it is a clan crest explaining how they came to the planet, 
Um, they were captured by Jaffa, but they're now protected by Zales, who is a benevolent raven spirit. And all of this is like, um, I really, really loved that they like took this actual Salish art and like those, the, the faces and the shapes of the people. Um, I looked up some Salish like clan crests and those are accurate, but then they just put the Jaffa symbol like in the mm-hmm. forehead to like, and I was like, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so then Teal'c hears the wolf again and he's confused. So while they're looking for the wolf, the team gets shot by darts. Mm-hmm. And as they're about to pass out from the drug, Sam sees the native people approaching. I also like to point out, um, Teal'c is talking about all these things and he doesn't and know what's going on. And then he's like, they said something about, could it be ghosts? And he's like, the Jaffa don't believe in ghosts. And I'm like, hold up. Oh, yes. You have worms living inside of you that control your body. You have met six different types of people that do different things. Ghost is what you don't believe in? Yes. Out of all of these things? Yes. I was, I, I um, would have a conversation. Listen, there are people on planet Earth that still think like that. Because let me tell you. Sorry, back to the books that I'm teaching. Where the Red Friend Grows. At the end of Where the Red Friend Grows, the the title comes from a Native American myth of how red ferns grow. The book explains that the title comes from this myth and it explains what the, the legend of the red fern is. And it says that in the legend, this the red fern is planted by an angel dropping seeds to protect these two things that have died. Sometimes it's people, sometimes it's animal. That's why I said things. But right. um and one of my students just like raised their hand to ask a question. And I was like, yeah, what's up? And then he like went on this whole tirade about how angels don't do that. And if you're seeing spirits and you're feeling things and there's something being planted, it's actually demons. And like demons are all around you trying to trick you. And like, like aggressive, like evangelical, screamy, like, like anti-spirit talk in the middle of my class and i was just like so what a legend is is that that's not actually what had happened um raised in the catholic church fire and brimstone child right right um and so then i explained legends and then i explained how like legends always actually have something that is true Mm -hmm. and so i explained like soil makeup and what happens when people decompose and how different decomp- different nutrients grow different plants and the red fern needs this level of nutrients so that's why it grows best when things die and all the kids were like oh that makes sense and i was like sometimes legends are just science and not demons i was about to tell you why didn't you just tell them about <laughs> urban legends and i was like oh they're children i didn't t- <laughs> tell them about urban legends because they're in fifth grade right, um right. And um, they cry when dogs die in books. Right. I cry when dogs die in books. In the middle of class? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been to class in a while. There's <laughs> no so telling what I do now. But uh, this is why, um, this is how clearly it is that I don't work with children. Because my first reaction was to tell them urban legends. And that's not not good. I don't recommend Not them. Not good, no. I would, I would also not recommend. My question about that scene, though, was... How does Tilk know what a wolf is? Like, does they he have just little dog? They had the little dog, and he probably just thought it was like. Mm. A, remember, because every child deserves oh. to have a dog. 
That's true. That's true. I just think that, like, when they're not on missions, he's just reading, like, encyclopedias to learn about her. I absolutely think that. I mean, he was watching the TV shows to learn stuff about the That's true. I would love love to see the notes that Teal takes in the margins of his encyclopedia that he's learning about Earth with. Oh, how fun would that be? Can we make it? Oh, my God. I'm yes. going to start coming up with tilkisms for every episode. Uh, that like, that's it. That's like, no, fun. like, you know how like people make like unofficial guidebooks and it's like, yes. like fi- fan fiction, but it's like, it's an unofficial guidebook. Like there's like Dr. Who books that it's like mm-hmm. A to Z guide of monsters of Dr. Who. We're making Teal's encyclopedia notes. That's what oh, we're doing. Yes. I, I actually want to do that. I don't, I cannot guarantee that will happen, but no, but like, I would love to see like the entry on like Hitler. And he just says, why? I do not. I, uh, actually i think he would understand hitler like not not in a way that he like would feel good about it but he would understand it because of the jaffa like or because of the gaul like that concept of just like hitler's theory about humans and the gaul theory about humans is kind of the same um Uh, i have a new rule i want you to tell me like three things you want to know from tilk's perspective and i'll just come up with something and tell you the next episode okay um i will think about it and tell you at the end because that's fine. I still have six pages of notes. Yeah, no, that's okay. And you don't even tell me on air. Okay, perfect. Prepared. Um. So, uh, the team is taken to a traditional traditional village, and um, they're locked in this like building. And Sam tries to leave, um, but they're being held, and the native people won't let them out. So she assumes that that means that SG Eleven is also prisoners. Right, which is, like, fair to assume. Yeah. Um, They're examining the prison that they're in and discern that everything is made out of trinium, and they're wondering how everything can be made with no signs of manufacturing. Because, like, Teal's like, if you were taking raw ore and making it into something, there would have to be some kind of factory, and I see no factory. And also, Sam's like, yeah, and also, like, the ore that we have crushed in your hands, so... um. How did they make an entire building with it? And also, um, Daniel is just having like um, an anthropology orgasm about the fact that like these people um, have advanced technologically enough to make everything out of Trinium, but lost none of their like native culture. Yes. Which I also think is dope, but like not quite as obsessed with it as Daniel. I mean, look, Daniel um, to another level, so that's true. Um, so then one of the um uh so as they're like trying to figure it out, they're like, I wonder how far we are from the mining site. And he and one of the natives walks in the room and just says, Oh, just a few days walk. <laughs> and then there's like a weird cut to black that I did not understand because it's the only time in this episode that there's a weird cut like that. It is. I I was like, cause la- cause like meant to have a commercial there. Right. Well, and last week the commercial breaks were all awkward, right? But like this one was the only one. So that's why it confused me more. Um, so the native who walked in the room was Tanane and he introduces himself. Um, and he meets everyone there and um he also tells them that he can't really trust their word because he doesn't know them and that um zales told them him that uh the tilk has um a demon in him and um he is like well i can't trust you and they're like we're just here uh to find our friends he's like then why did you bring weapons and he's like self-defense and they're like 
Um, and he's like, oh, okay. And they're like, can we go? And he's like, yeah. Okay. That was a very <clears throat> quick turnaround. And well, and he's like, um, they're like, well, where are our friends? He's like, oh, they're with the spirits. And he's like, they're dead. They were like, wait, they're dead. He goes, no, they're with the spirits. He's like, that usually means dead. Yeah. Um, he's like, I don't know which spirit has them. It could be Zales. It could be Takaya. I don't know. Somebody has them. Very comforting. And so they're like, okay, well, are we free to go? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, can we have our weapons back? He's like, okay. I was like, what is happening right now? I love I was like, is this a trap? I was like, he's so friendly. He's so friendly. And like, at first you're like, it's a trap. And then you're like, no, it's definitely not a trap. And then you're like, no, it's a trap. And then you're like, no. Like, genuinely, he's just like, that but is also, like, how did their people survive if, like, this is how friendly they are to people? Like, not everyone's as good as SG-1. Well, but here's the thing. Time to get up on the soapbox again. Um, <laughs> isn't that kind of what happened anyway? Like, the Native Americans in a lot of, not Not all. Like, there were warring tribes. There were of warriors. Course, there were course. people. There were tr- wars within tribes. But the Native Americans kind of just accepted people and then the white men came with weapons and said oh you want to give us this gift ours now ha 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 and that's kind of how we became america that is fair (laughs) (laughs) so i cannot so that in fact does answer how he would have survived he wouldn't no yes got it got it um again uh, this episode is incredibly accurate in good and, in, in good and bad ways. Right. <laughs> um, so then Tanane is like, yeah, like what had ha-? they were like, how did this even happen? Like what's going, can you give us some backstory? And he's like, well, we were returning from our winter camp and we saw your friends um, taking stuff from the mountain. And so Zales told us to shoot an arrow through the circle of standing water um and warn you but i guess you didn't take the warning and um she's like no we took the warning we we took the warning but we like we're not gonna leave our friends and he's like oh yeah no that makes sense right right no no discussion about anything no um and and teal very much of courtney's mindset is like something is wrong i do not trust (laughs) this man this is this has got to be not not real um so so he's like well i'm gonna take you guys to to zales and see if he'll give you your friends back and so they're walking and daniel in his you know fanboyness is really excited for like a native american ritual to summon the spirits and then they get to the woods and tanani just goes zales takaya And Daniel's like, aren't you going to do something? He goes, you know, my great, my grandfather did things like that. But Zales just told me one time, just call my name. So now I just call his name. And I was like, Tanane is my favorite character on the entire show. I love her so much. Um, And so then a wolf appears and Tanane is talking to her and he's like, oh, Takaya, you look so beautiful today. And he's like, Sam, compliments always work. Like you should talk to her. And Sam is like, hello, 
And then Sam, because Sam is a scientist at the end of the day, literally is like, I can't, it's a wolf. I can't talk to it. Like, I don't. But, I d- again, out of all of the things they've seen, she literally had Jolinar living inside of her. With all okay. Girl- and a wolf, it's, it's crazy to think that a wolf here's, has a spirit. Here's the thing that bothers me even more about it. Remember in season one? She's religious. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes. In season one, she's the only one in the whole team who believes in God. So you're right. going to tell me that the only one here who believes in God can't believe in a spirit. Right. I'm confused. Yes. Um, Tanane is also confused because he's like, she's like, I can't, I, I can't, I see a wolf. That's all I see. And he's like, yeah, but you can't see the wind, but you still know it's there. You see, you feel it. You see its effect on trees. Like, you know, it exists. You still talk to the wind. Like, that's what a spirit is. And um, then a raven cause. I was like, yes. Because you know how I feel about birds. <laughs> I, thought um, about- <clears throat> I know. So then Daniel recognizes that the raven is Zales because he knows the the culture. Mm-hmm. And he, like, starts talking to the raven, and he's like, I'd like to apologize for any misunderstanding. Like, we'd like you to release SG-11. Um, and then he's like, oh, I think I hear him saying yes. And Teal's like, I heard it too. And Tanani's like, Sam, is that what you heard? And she's like, I think I heard something different, being a sarcastic, like, jerk. Because she's like, I just heard a freaking bird. And Tanani's like, oh, good, me too. He, I heard him say that he'll think about it. That's what you heard, right, Sam? And she's like, yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, oh, Sam. <sighs> yeah. So um, he's like, well, why don't you guys look around and we'll, like, Go for a walk while uh, Zales uh, makes up his mind. And then they're walking and the bird lands in front of them again. And he's like, oh, well, that was fast. And Sam is just about to lose her mind at this point. She is like so baffled. But I will say, could you imagine if Jack had been in charge still? Oh, my gosh. He would have lost his mind. Jack would have said or something crazy. Like he would Jack would have Jack would have said something so offensive yeah. and so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, but so I'm glad he wasn't there because Jack, the things that he says about the Native Americans in the beginning and at the end are like so good that like I'm glad that they didn't ruin it right. by having him on this mission. Because if Jack wasn't a sarcastic asshole, we wouldn't believe it was Jack. But if exactly. Jack was then super in defense of the Native Americans. And, like, pro the Native Americans, but then said shitty things to the spirits. Like, mm-hmm. it would be harder to believe him. So, like, I think it was the best choice to not and have him on this mission. <clears throat> I mean, if we're going to do the whole, like, um, suspending disbelief and whatnot, like, it was good to have Sam there because she, while didn't believe everything, she's at least respectful enough to, like, mm. let it play through, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And she'll listen to Daniel better than Jack will. Yes. Yes. Um, so, um, Tanane is like, oh, Zells um, and Takaya have granted your request. So Takaya wanders into the fog and SG-11 comes out dazed and confused. And Tanane asks Sam how it feels to see the wind. I was like, I loved that line. I did too. That was one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> 
And so then Captain Connor, like, has no memory of anything that has happened in the last two days. And he's like, I think we were drugged. Um, and, and I already like him better than Colonel Makepeace. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, Tanane, apparently Tanane had come to them and asked them not to use any blasting on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they did anyway. And that's when they were like disappeared. And her and our Captain Cooper was like, well, um, the problem is that the charges were already hot. We'd already set them. We weren't like trying to disrespect him, but like we we had to let those ones detonate first. Right. Um, and then we could have that conversation because we had already done it. And Sam was like, okay, well, Tanani, I'm gonna have a conversation with you that Captain Connor should have had way earlier. Um, and he says, okay, but you can't have it with me. You'll have to talk to my village elders. Right. <clears throat> so the elders of the village say that they can't let SG mine because their mining is destructive um, and wasteful and it has upset the spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we missed where we did. We skipped the part where Daniel asks Tanane how they get there. Um, Trinium, right? Was that before now? I thought it was. I thought it was whenever they were back at the base at SGC when he asked him. But I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was it. while they were walking in the woods at some point. I don't remember. Maybe. Well, maybe. Um. Um. But so. She and Sam like tries to negotiate and she says that there are less destructive ways of mining and that like they would love to show them. And so the elders agree to um let Tanane go back to Stargate Command with them. Um and like travel with them, but Zales says that it's too dangerous. And Tanane, bless his soul, is just like, No, it's not dangerous, I'll go. Yeah. No problem. And interesting. So Tanani comes back with them and Hammond uh, takes them. No, they must have had this conversation before because Sam is explaining it to Jack when they get there. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was so. uh, Yes. So basically, um, Tanani explains to them that they like ask the spirits for the key which is what they call the trinium and the mountain releases it into the river and the river purifies it and then they just take what's in the river so basically it's an ore and they don't take the raw ore they take the purified ore that's been like deposited through and like through the water and refined through the water and through like time and that's why it's stronger which Mm -hmm makes it a better metal, but it also means that they can only get small amounts at a time. Which, of course, doesn't work for Uncle Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Tanani comes back with them. He does a medical exam. Um, and the only reason that this medical exam is important is because they examine everyone who comes back. Yeah. And somehow miss everything everything yeah. um so then they show tanane their other mining methods on video and he says that like he still can't say yes because it's still 
too too wasteful and too destructive um and that they need to just be grateful with what the spirits give them um and so the rest of the team goes to have a conversation and they're like daniel while we're having this conversation why don't you like take tanani to see the rest of the facility and um uh daniel tells him that he thinks that his ancestors are from earth and he wants to show him more information in the archives about the salish people and tanane is like so excited about that um it's so cute he's like really from here and so he goes to learn about his ancestors and we find out that the nid of course it's the nid so the the nid is the government agency that senator kinsey always gets his fucking hands in yeah and so anytime anytime something is coming to general hammond from the nid just assume senator kinsey is the one who said it because it's bullshit um we hate him yeah so the nid has plans to sneak back while the um salish peoples are at their winter camp and not near the mountain and steal the trinium every time that they're like migrated and um sam and cooper are both like please god no right i was like we're already starting off on the wrong foot with tanani like we should be right and like not a relation building and and jack's like that worked so fucking well for us last time right and um uh general hammond is like i don't agree with it but it might be necessary we have to be prepared if the go will ever come back like this we we can't let um military disadvantage happen again because we're being nice to people which is a very black and white way to think about things it is, it is. and jack is so angry that history is going to repeat itself and that we're just going to walk all over these native americans who um escaped long enough ago to not have been walked over by the government the first time and who are like they're not they're trying to help them it's not like they're like nope you can't have anything they're just like oh they're like they're like we will share with you but like this is how much we have right right so then he dismisses the meeting and everybody's angry and captain cooper goes to his office and just like smacks his arms together and general hammond fucking disappears yep i was like what is happening and um he goes to the rest of the sg11 team and he was like it's time to show the earthlings the true power of the spirits so obviously it's not actually cooper yeah i was like oh it's not sg11 (laughs) great no 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 um so the I wrote possessed SG eleven um, goes to the lab and evaporates <laughs> everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jack sees them like evaporating people as they're walking in the hallway. So he alerts to the base that the code nine is not a drill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Jack grabs Sam and Teal'c and fills them in on the weirdness that he just saw. And they go back to the lab where the code originated. And um, Doctor Warner is there. And he's like, we need to find Tanane. He came in and he started making everyone disappear. And I stayed behind and I pressed the button and 
we have to find Tanane. And they're like, what about SG-11? And he said, no, we need to find Tanane. The others are meaningless. Right. That was a bit, that was a big fat clue that that doesn't make any sense. Big Plus um, we, as the viewer had already seen Dr. Warner be disappeared. So right. Right. Um, I wrote that's an odd choice of words. Um, So Jack also immediately is like, not correct. So he's like, where's Dr. Warner? And he's like, right, what? I'm right here. And um, they start arguing and the spirit, the spirit in Dr. Warner says that if they don't take him to Tanane, they'll never return their friends. And he's like, we don't do well with being threatened. And he's like, neither do we. And Dr. Warner alien tries to <laughs> evaporate SG-1 and uh, Tilk Zat guns him. Yeah. Which like, is aggressive, but we also know that one shot of the Zat gun doesn't kill anyone it doesn't really do anything it just makes it just mm, right i also wonder like what's the reset time on that like if you get zat gunned once and you're in shock it's bad if you get zat gunned twice you die but like if you get zat gunned once and then like an hour later get zat gunned do you just get shocked again right if you get zat gunned once and then like two days later you would just get shocked again right like there's got to be a reset time on that surely um, but once the Zat gun hits him, it reveals the true form of the spirit, which is one of the fucking weirdest looking aliens I've ever seen. So, like, those look like gills, but they yeah. seem to be fine out of water. So, like, yeah, no, they were for sure breathing air. They were just right. weird. They're air gills. I don't fucking know. Air gills? Yeah. Sure. Well, I don't know. Yeah, sure. something. something. It's not. Um, but sci-fi, <laughs> you know. Uh, um... So then, uh, Takaya and another spirit are there and they're looking for Tanane. And, um, Sakaya says that, or Takaya says that she can't feel her connection with Zells anymore. Um, so that if the other spirits also lose contact with her, they have to destroy the whole place. Um, this whole conversation happens with Daniel watching it. Yes. And so he's like trying to distract Tanane in a storage room. Yeah. And he's like, so yeah, like this is a storage room. This is where we <laughs> store things. And uh, Tanane, sweet, sweet Tanane just goes, Can I go home now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Daniel's like, Okay, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna continue to lie to you. Um, we have a problem. We need to find Jack. So he takes Tanane to Jack um, in the lab and um, shows him Zales and explains aliens. And Tanane is just like, if it was Zales, he would answer when we talked to him. So it's not. Like, I don't believe you. <laughs> um, um, so then... As she wanted trying to figure out how to save the base, um, like when technically, oh no no, um, so Tanane, um, they're like, uh, you have to understand, like this is an alien, this is Zell's real form. They're trying to take over this base. They're trying to like kill everyone here. Like, they're not a good guy. And Tanane's like, no no no, he is a good guy. 
if he's trying to hurt you, it's because you threatened to hurt me and my people. Right. But you wouldn't do that. So, like, so then Jack's like, well, how do we fix this Yes, when we fucked up? Right. He's like, whoops, we did threaten their people. <laughs> Correct. Um, well, he was, like, technically in the wrong here. How do I then fix it? Um, so Daniel, they basically send Daniel to talk or like to go back and negotiate with the elders or the spirits or something. And he gets to the gate room and Takai is there and he's talking to her and he's like, we need to be able to figure something out. Like just, I will take you to Tanane if you promise to give me a chance to talk. So she agrees. Um, and they go to, um, they've, uh, Daniel brings all of the aliens down to the infirmary and they, uh, zap Sam and Tanane away. Mostly because Sam's in the way. Right. And Tanane, they're zapping away to save him. And then they heal Zells and, um, he tells, and then they all start to leave and everything. And he tells Takaya to destroy the base. And Daniel's like, but you promised to listen. And he was like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I give you my word. And he's like, your word means nothing. Like, these are yeah. the things that you tried to do. And Takai is like, okay, but if I don't listen to him, then my word also means nothing because I made a promise. And if that's the standard we're going to hold him to, I'm not going to be that person. We don't have to agree. We don't have to be on their side, but we do have to listen. And so I was like, okay, so hear what they have to say. Um, Jack basically says the easiest way for you, he was like, he was like, there is a way for you to do this where, cause he was like, I give you my word. And he was like, even if I believed you, what about your superiors? Like you're not in church. Right. And right. He, he's like, okay, well then I will tell you what you can do to make sure that even if my superiors go against it, it'll never work. And they agree, um, and he tells them to close their Stargate so that no one can get there without them, like, letting them in. Right. And they agree to do that. And they're like, um, we don't need space travel. That's fine. Like, we won't, we'll shut the gate. But we're still angry because, like, um, we, even if we close the gate, our lives are over because we had this harmony with the Salish people by taking the form of their spirits. And you've tried to ruin that harmony and cause them to not trust us by everything that you said to Tanane. And so everything is broken. Right. And Jack's like, honestly, why don't you just trust them? And he's, he's like, he's like taking a different form and showing them not who you are because you want them to not be afraid of you is not any different than what the Gawold are doing. Right. And if you just trusted them, they might still want to work with you. Like, and he, and he's like, even on earth now, the, the what's left of the Salish people still respect the planet and the earth and nature so much yep. that I, I don't believe that they won't trust you. So they bring Tanane back to have this conversation and they introduce Tanane to Zales and Takaya for real, for real. And 
And they're like, we took these forms of the spirits and the names that your ancestors have passed on us to honor you and honor them. Um, but we can take many forms and we can be whatever you want us to look like. And um, Tanani's like, why do you care what I want you to look like? You have been good to us. You have helped protect us. You are the spirits. Like, take whatever form makes you happy. And they're like, we would be happiest, like, to be ourselves and to look like this. And Tanani's just like, cool, let's do it. Let's go home. And um, he's just ready to go home and he's happy. And then um, Jack's like, what about our friends? And they're like, your friends are right here, dude. And they just turn around and everybody's there in the room. Everyone's there. And it is a beautiful, happy ending. It was. It was. Um, the um, the alien race. I have my trivia now. The alien race um, that they show here. Um, I'm not going to read this whole spoiler or this whole trivia because it's spoilers about things that we don't know about in the show yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but their names are called the Narida. Narida? Mm -hmm. Can you spell that for me? R-A-I-D-A. Okay. Um, And then the spirit name, um, Takaya, was taken from the Sileal Wautooth word, Takaya, which means wolf, and the Sileal Wautooth territory. um, They're one of the Salish people, and their territory is the city of where the city of Vancouver is, um, which is where SG-1 is filmed. Right. So, sure, I love it. I love it. Yes. So, who do you want to punch? The U.S. government. All of them. Yeah. All of them. The whole government. The whole thing. Um, I would like to punch uh, General Hammond for um, choosing this moment to actually care what what the government is saying because he picks and chooses his battles yes. um and this was a battle he should not have chosen right yes yeah um who is your mvp the tanane. problem is i know it's going to be tanane which means i have to pick someone else even though tanane is perfect um i think i'm going to pick jack okay because Jack just was righteously indignant on behalf of the Native American people yes. for the whole episode. And Same I season. am so here for it. Same Um. So, yeah, that that is Stargate. That is our that is our first ever in our whole podcast of Death and Aliens episode that I felt like actually was legitimately respectful to the culture they were trying to because in Hemlock Grove there was a lot of stuff that was not not great in terms of how they were treating the Romani people Mm -hmm. um Polshak was just all of all of the cultural appropriation to be fair it's the 70s so like they didn't they didn't have that word then that's what they were doing. Right. Uh, and then Dead Like Me, 
It didn't have a lot, but it did have some weird. Some, it had weird, some weird stuff, but it wasn't really. It just it wasn't a lot of other culture stuff. Like no, it didn't have a lot of other culture stuff, and it and the stuff that it did was more like kitschy than like actually offensive. Right, right. But um, yeah. So in and. I guess Bates, Bates really doesn't. Really use other Bates cultures. really doesn't really use other cultures. No. Um, so in in the five shows that we have reviewed, this is the first one that it was like, oh, that's that's so nice. Yeah, it's refreshing. So refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but if you. I, I don't I hate when I don't know how to close it. Like I'm like I I like when I have like a a great like thought provoking question. Oh, I know what my thought provoking question for the end of the episode is. What should Teal's encyclopedia include? What do you want to know? What do you want to discover from Teal's perspective? Yes, I love it. Please, please, to those of you who are listening to this podcast, like Brianna and Daniel. <laughs> um and let's <laughs> like see who pointed that was i it was very pointed he doesn't even um li- he listens to it he doesn't watch it so he pr- is not even seeing my face yeah and i don't even know how caught up he is i don't know when he's gonna listen to this episode but <clears throat> doug um sadiq 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 sorry i don't know him i apologize people who i know are listening to this episode courtney's aunt's Actually, just give us questions, please. Interact with us. We like we like to talk to people other than each other. I love to talk to people. That's all I've talked about all week is how much I love client yeah. relations and talking to yeah. people. So. so send us your suggestions for Teal's Encyclopedia. And do you can do that by emailing us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can do that on our Facebook or our Instagram or our Twitter. Um or on Reddit, we have a, an entire Reddit thread that is just for our podcast that no one ever talks to us on. Um, but you can we find Reddit and not yet. I know. Literally, um, Reddit has become a very important part of my life on a day to day basis. But that's because I joined a leopard gecko subreddit where I learned more things about how to take care of my pet. Um, so I also get mad at people on it on a daily basis. But I guess that's what Reddit's for. I think so. But but so Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter. Do we have any other social media? I don't think so. so. There's like a community board on Spotify that I don't understand. Mm, yeah, I don't I don't know, but I'm sure that exists too. So look at all of those ways that you can talk to us at Breath and YouTube. Aliens. YouTube, you can YouTube. Oh yeah, YouTube comments. YouTube comments. Um for sure. Look at that's that's seven different ways that you can talk to us, not including the fact that all of those people I just mentioned have at least mine or Courtney's phone number. Yes. So correct. But the people who don't have our phone numbers, who we're not deliberately yelling at in this moment, can also follow me <laughs> on all of the social media um, at e n k a y underscore superstar, and I am on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Reddit. I don't know if there's other social social media. I have a. I had um that like all those weird like ask me questions ones. Oh, I have a Tumblr. Like just anywhere, I I exist. Find me. Um, I don't know a lot about social media, but I am there. 
And you can also find me at CECloud13. I do not know what social media I have. If you search it, it's me. I'm the only <laughs> one that handle. So. Um, and we will see you next week, or on Thursday, mm-hmm. for a thrilling episode of Thriller Thursday. Thrilling. And that thrilling episode of Thriller Thursday will come out the day before Courtney's. The day I leave. Very excited. Two days before birthday. Or two days Yes, because your birthday's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, we will see you then. Yeah. Bye.